Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 269 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Katie Simpson. Katie lives in or near Oxford in England. Uh, we practice me saying it. I'm going to see if I can say it. Oxford. I can't say it. <laughs> Oxford. Oxfordshire. Oxfordshire. I don't know why my mouth won't do that. <laughs> say it again, Katie. Oxfordshire. There we go. In England, where she is a secondary teacher, which for those of us in the United States, that means she works with the ages 11 through 18. And she is also a PhD student. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. Hi. Well, it's so nice to have you here. I feel like I know a lot about you already because you're part of the Delay Don't Deny community. So I Absolutely. have 
watched you there and seen your interactions in our community, but our audience, a lot of them don't know you. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I think like lots of people, I've got a short answer and a long answer. Yeah. Yeah. The short answer goes like this. On the morning of the 30th of August last year, so 2021, I was lying in bed. So we don't start school until about the first week of September. So Mm -hmm. I was still enjoying my last few lions before we went back to school. And I was doing my usual thing that I think very many people do of looking at their phone and looking at the various bits of social media, lying in bed, probably thinking about my wordle and sending it to my baby brother and this, that and the other. And an ad came up for an app. And I can't even remember which platform it was on. It would have been you know, one of the three big ones. And it came up for this intermittent fasting app. Was it one of those crazy ads that's like, find your intermittent fasting plan by looking oh, at your no. feet, feet, feet or something? <laughs> no, it okay. wasn't those. And, uh, which those is your favorite crazy. day of the week or, you know, whatever yes, yes. nutty thing is. No, it wasn't any of that. It was simply <laughs> an, an ad for Fastic app. Okay. And I looked at it and I thought, yeah, I'll do that. And I clicked on it and I joined it straight away and signed up myself for 16.8 there and then. And I thought, well, that's quite good because I'm now already about probably 10 hours into my first fast without even having to do anything. I love, You know what? I've heard so many ways that people found intermittent fasting. You're the first person who I think has told me they found it through an ad for the app and then bam, just started. That's the short answer. So, I mean, the long answer is that I had been aware of intermittent fasting. All right. But what I'd, because being a Brit, there's the whole Michael Mosley thing. Yes. I'd done the 5-2. I don't even know when. Was it somewhere around 2012? Well, I did just before we got on here, I did actually Google Michael Mosley 5-2 to try and work out when, when he first sort of invented it and, and got noisy about it. And yeah, maybe, who knows? Yeah. It would have been around that kind of time. Yeah. I was dabbling in it too, right around that time. And it, it didn't stick for me either. Cause of course we didn't understand the clean fast. We didn't know anything about those 500 yeah. calories or the best way to eat them. But yeah, it was and, probably right and around What then. I was doing then was doing the classic white knuckle Mm-hmm. So I would think, okay, today is a fast day. I can eat 500 calories and I get my 500 calories in front of me at the beginning of the day. And and every time I felt a little bit hungry, I try and eat as little of them as I possibly yes. could. So I've that been is measuring out. awful, isn't yes, it? Yes, that's horrendous. And it was really, really horrible. And I was really grumpy and it didn't work. It kind of worked a little bit in terms of the weight loss. And then we can probably go even further back on that but I noticed very quickly doing the five two like that that I would then binge on the on the five days and right. and for me at that stage the only way that I could maintain any weight loss was by doing four three right which just you know doubled the misery really didn't it it really yeah. did because the reason that it was so miserable is because we didn't know 
obviously about the clean fast, we didn't know that we would actually, it would be easier if we ate nothing for most of the day. Instead, we're trying to space out those 500 calories because that's what he said. He's like, you just have these calories, space them out, do what you want, 500, that's it. And and the clean fast is the key, isn't it? Because he said, oh yeah, you can, you can put milk in your tea. And, and Mm -hmm. as a a Brit, of course, I was drinking my, um, not my hot milkshake, it's my, my tea with milk in it. But even that was probably doing a little bit and anything under 50 calories doesn't count. Right. And so what you're doing is really an extreme low-calorie diet all day. You know, in the world of low-calorie diets, there's something, there's an abbreviation called VLCD, very low-calorie diet. And I mean, that's like an actual terminology, Mm -hmm. VLCD. So when you're having 500 calories, that is a very low-calorie diet. And it's hard. Our body's like, "Uh -uh." uh-uh. It was not much fun. Then, so I guess the next question is sort of then what had brought me to that? So when I saw that ad for Fastic, I was like, oh, I didn't realize you could do it on a daily basis rather right. than on a weekly basis. Oh, and and instantly I thought, oh, that may actually make, make more sense for me and for my needs. So before that, I had three children in very quick succession 2000, 2002, and 2004. So three kids in about three and a half years. Three, I can, I can be precise. The, I get it. I get those, it. My, I was right in that same period. We yeah. were 98, 99. I had yeah. my two boys in 98 and 99. Yeah. So those were the years where we were just trying to survive. <laughs> exactly. And I was either pregnant or breastfeeding or both from April 2000 until sometime towards the end of 2007 I think wow extended breastfeeding my youngest one the one who's going to take his driving test and I hope pass that amazing fingers crossed on that but yeah yeah Yeah, so Um, that was uh, your your body was not your own for almost seven years oh more more than seven years probably more like almost eight years wow but that was fine I had big babies my smallest baby was eight pounds 14 my middle-sized baby, who was my first one, was £9.13, and my big one, born on the kitchen floor, was £10.07. Oh, my gosh. Now, I got to hear that. I'm sorry. You can't just drop that in the conversation. <laughs> did you Did you mean was to planned. have him? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was planned on the kitchen floor. It's all right. I was just, just drop like, out. All right. I was just in the kitchen, and, you know, the others had been big, so boop, there he is. Okay, good. Have you ever seen Monty Python, The History of the World? I think I did a long time ago, like in college. Yeah, there's this woman standing at the kitchen sink and she just, she's got about 30 babies running around and she just drops this baby kind of out of her and just goes, Father, I've just dropped another sprog. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So no, it was wasn't just exactly like, like that. that. Yeah. No, no, not like that. It wasn't All quite right. like that. But I bring in their weight because when I had my daughter, Flo, who was my smallest of the three at eight pounds 14, I was tested for gestational diabetes because they said that it was quite unusual to have such a big baby for my first because he was nearly 10 pounds. So I don't know. Maybe there was something insulin going on yeah. way back when. There, there might have been, there might still be. Each time, I think I fairly much got back to a sort of okay weight. I didn't really struggle with my weight before before pregnancies. I was, I've written all these little notes for you. I'm nearly six foot tall and my high school weight, because I know you always talk about this, I think when I left high school, or 
secondary school. I think I was nine stone, so I was about 126 pounds. Okay. So I wow. was, yeah. So I was that proper is- skinny. Pro, teensy weensy yeah, for yeah. almost six feet. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I was right around 125 pounds my senior year in high school, mm-hmm. and I'm five five. So I was, yeah. you know, I was I was a healthy weight, but I absolutely was not like scrawny at that point. So you were really skinny. Yes, I was. You know, I was as a kid, I was definitely scrawny. So well, after I had my freshman fifteen, which isn't so much a concept that we talk about on this side of the pond, but I have heard it, and it totally makes sense. Yeah, I. Post freshman fifteen, I was at one hundred and forty pounds, so I hit about ten stone there, which was probably a good a good healthy weight for your body. Yeah, I think that actually it's just about on the borderline for overweight, uh, not overweight, underweight and underweight, normal yeah. weight BMI for my height. So it's on the low side. Yeah, and so, so. With, with baby number one, I'd got up to about two hundred pounds, I think, at the end of the pregnancy. But I got I got fairly much back down, and then over those sort of four years or so, I guess after Isaac was born until about two thousand and eight, I was bumping up and down. Now I do remember when the kind of, the kind of stories of all the diets and things like that, and I can place this because it would have been before we moved house, so it would have been when Isaac was still little. I did a single day of cabbage soup diet. Oh, I think I lasted on about one day too because yeah, I'd well, made so darn yeah. much of it. Like it's not a small recipe, is it? <laughs> well, I think, you know, a single day is probably generous. I probably did about 10 hours of it. And it was like, it's a bit like the 5-2, wasn't it? <laughs> eat more cabbage soup. I'm hungry. Eat more. Oh, it was also more. gross. It was yeah. really, really gross. You're like, and, just eat this as much as you want. Yeah. <laughs> That must have been about summer 2005 because I remember where we were living at the time and we went out for a walk in the evening, me and my husband, and I don't know how many children strapped to me or in pushchairs, strollers or whatever, and and came back and I, and I just thought, I'm not eating another bowl of cabbage soup. And That's I was like, so funny. Give me all the food. It's funny that you said it was 2005 because I just visualized myself mm. making the soup. And it was the house we moved into in 2005. So we were probably cabbage souping right around the same <laughs> exact me. time. Yeah. It was popular. But mm. luckily, I think that's a fad that didn't last too many years. Or maybe it did. And I just don't know. I haven't <laughs> heard people talk about it lately. last too many hours in my Not life. Not for us, no. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think we had a neighbor who would do it about... Once a year, she said she'd have a blitz on it, and she'd feel her weight growing, going up, and then she'd blitz cabbage soup for a little while, and then and then sort of get back under control with that. And then I was getting a, a little bit rounder than I'd wanted to, and I um I downloaded some hypnotherapy. Oh, I went off, down that road as well. Off iTunes, and it's funny actually because it worked amazingly well. Really. Absolutely brilliant. I remember, again, I remember I remember listening to this hypnotherapy one afternoon. I don't know where the kids were. Maybe they were already at school by that stage. And lying in the garden, must have been a nice sunny day, listening to this hypnotherapy and then coming in trying to eat my lunch and literally eating half of my lunch and just saying, I can't have any more. That is so funny. See, it never worked for me. I tried it, though, because I was like, this will work. I can do it. No. But no. <laughs> for me, it was absolutely amazing. And I stuck at it for about, ooh. I know, several months and I got back and I've got a note here as well. I think by that I got it got back down to about 69 kilos, which is about 150 pounds. So I must have been going up with the breastfeeding and the, right. and the 
as I say, three kids in quick succession and my tummy muscles and everything quite what they were. But I, I love that the hypnotherapy worked. I sure, you know, it sure made sense. I'm like, we can certainly, our minds are powerful, but I never, never worked. It, you know, it, I think it worked in two ways. It, the appetite suppression just completely right. kicked in. And I was like, who is this person who can stop after half a biscuit? You know, that's right. not, sorry, cookie. I'll translate. Well, biscuits, biscuits too. <laughs> Actual biscuits are hard to stop with too. Are they? I don't think I've ever eaten a proper Southern American biscuit. Uh, well, um, think of a scone, but it's light mm. and fluffy. Oh, okay. Biscuits, American, but then you Southern. have them with gravy, don't you? Well, you could. Crazy? You could have them with gravy. Southern Southern biscuits are just like scones, but fluffier. And it has to do yeah. with, I learned this a while back, it has to do with the kind of flour that we grow down here in the South. It's a different flour. You use a different flour to make a biscuit than what you would use. It's like white wheat versus red wheat or something. Mm-hmm. But our flour, like there's a brand of flour called White Lily, and that is like a really good kind for making Southern biscuits. Okay. Well- we all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Kind of wheat matters. Uh, excellent. Well, when I do my big trip and I come and visit you, Please. you can take me out for biscuits and gravy. Yeah, I can make some really good gravy. Sausage excellent. gravy. Yes, yes. Okay, right. It's a deal. I'll hold awesome. that. Yeah. Got it. So, so but, you got down to 150 about with hypnotherapy. Yeah, but it crept back on. But actually, I think it was probably a calorie restriction thing again. Oh, I yeah. think it was just I wasn't really wasn't really hungry. So the calorie restriction was in my mind and it didn't hurt because of that. Mm -hmm. But I think I became resistant to the hypnotherapy after a little while. And after that, I think the weight just started to creep on. I'd never yo-yo dieted until 
that stage. So until okay. my kids were then about five or six, the youngest we are. So between aged about six and ten, I didn't diet to fit into a wedding dress. I didn't do any of that stuff. That was all that all just kind of happened. And, and you know, I didn't diet to fit yeah. into my wedding dress either. It was kind of like, even though dieting was always on my mind from my mom, mm. I, I really still was not, I, mean, I, I dieted in college a little bit, but I still wasn't at the whole, like, I got a diet. I, it hadn't really become a, a dieting way of life yet by the time I got married. We were, I was also young. I was 21 when I got married. But I mean, my wedding dress, it was a size eight back in 1991. And I still mm. have that dress and I put it on. I just bought it off the rack. And it's big on me now. So it was probably the equivalent of like a 12 in today's yeah, sizes. Yeah, I, I I have tried mine on, but not for a while. And certainly not since I've I've had success with the intermittent fasting. So you, you should try done, it on. Yeah, I'm, I was well. a little, a little. Well, I can get it now. Plump. We can put it on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> so that you would can be Describe fun. it to everybody. But I, I was a little plump plump bride, but I didn't really think I was. But looking at the dress and looking at the pictures, mm-hmm. I had, you know, the little pudgy cheeks. Yeah, well, I've yeah. still got the pudgy cheeks even <laughs> after 40 kilos, 40 kilos, <laughs> 40 pounds of, of weight loss and things like that. Then I think after that, the weight did kind of build up. And I've got, I went through phases of weighing myself and phases of thinking I need to do something about this. And in fact, recently, one of the things that's happened because of COVID in the UK is that all our health records have now gone all online and we can mm-hmm. all get them through an app. So the National Health Service has its own app. I went through and looked at every time I got a, a formally registered weigh-in through the doctor. So so it's interesting to see, oh, look, I was here then. And so by 2015, I was up to 180 pounds and then... I don't know where I got up to after that, but we had a big holiday where we went to Thailand in 2018, where I think I would have probably been about 190, it was about 85 kilos. And I've got a memory of looking in a mirror in Thailand when we were getting dressed to go out for dinner and certainly having that big tummy that, you know, you get Mm -hmm. to that stage where your boobs are sitting on your tummy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is something that women who've had pregnancies remember from from late pregnancy. It's like this, there's no baby in there and there's no Just all me. <laughs> it's just all me, yeah. And and thinking, oh my goodness, you know, there are these these roles of of too much me. Right. And then actually after Thailand, and this is something that I think would be really interesting to explore with you because I've heard you talk about it in the podcast a little bit, I took up weightlifting. I think that was the sort of the top end of what made me really put on weight. And maybe one of the reasons why why the IF has been successful is because actually the weight gain hasn't been particularly rapid so, right. so coming down the other side of the mountain could also you know be as steep really and this lifting was a women only lifting group of lots of different ages and it was very very pod- body positive and th- i think that was the right thing to be because i i got very strong very right. quickly and i was i was deadlifting and squatting fairly much my own body weight and by this stage my body weight was up to about 93, 94 kilos, about 200 pounds. You were building a lot of muscle at that time. 
well, I was Obviously. building a lot of muscle. You were building I was, a whole. I was fueling myself spectacularly well, well as well. That's the thing about me. Whenever I've had periods of my life mm. where I exercise more, or yeah. I my appetite comes right along with it. You yeah. know, my body's like, all right, fuel it. So I I never ever have lost weight because of exercise because no, no. I, my hunger goes up. My body just mm-hmm. does that. You know, that was probably a powerful time for your body just because if you're building a lot of muscle and slightly overeating, that is going to ramp up your metabolic rate. Yeah. Well, I wasn't slightly overeating. You were, uh, I, was, well, I, was, I was going for it. Or a lot of reading. But I think back to that time when I, before I started intermittent fasting in 2014, I had quit dieting for a, a period of time because mm. I was just so over it and I was really overeating. And so I think that that revved up my metabolism because overeating mm-hmm. does that. And so I was in the right place for intermittent fasting to yeah. click because my metabolic rate was high. So I bet your metabolic rate was really high with all that weightlifting mm. and overeating. I wonder how long it would have stayed high, though, because, of oh, course, well, the lifting lifting stopped fairly suddenly in March okay. 2020. And and the IF didn't start for about another about 16 months after that. That's true. Well, I, it's hard to yeah. say. Did you do any dieting in between that March of 2020 and the August of 21? It's funny to say. I think that, no, I think I carried on. I did lots of online yoga at the beginning of the pandemic. And that surprised me because I hadn't done a lot of yoga since I'd started lifting about three years before. And and my body shape had definitely changed. And there were all these things that I couldn't do in yoga oh. because I'd... I'd got rounder and maybe more muscle bound, you know, basic stuff like, you know, shoulder stands felt a lot harder. And I don't know if you know what I mean by plow pose. So when you do shoulder stand and then you take your toes down behind your sort of behind your head. That sounds hard. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I can do it again now, but I, and oh, I started I doing this with all this weight on and I couldn't get you my couldn't toes do it. to the floor. Okay. And I thought, oh, so there's something a little bit going on here. I can't remember what I was saying. Now. No, we were talking about what happened from 2020 to 2021 oh, yeah. and your yeah. your metabolic rate. Mm. I mean, if you were not dieting and you were still active just in a different way with yoga, then I bet your metabolic rate stayed humming along. Yeah. And I guess we were going out for walks because that's all we could do, really. That's yeah. all we were allowed to do at the stage. And then back at school... And then I think the last thing that really made me think when the faster cat came along and made me think I need to do something about this and, and just, it spoke to me at just the right time was I then I was having a lot of problems with indigestion and ah. reflux type feelings. And I remember once being at school, it was during the second lockdown, which we had where we didn't have any of the kids coming to school, but we were allowed to travel more. So we were going to school to teach our online lessons. Right. And having three sachets of indigestion medication and it not even touching it. And then them putting me on a whole different run of different antacids and that sort of thing and and culminating actually with an endoscopy. Oh, which was really not much fun. I don't think and that it would be. So you were yeah. you were just not feeling your best in, in th- many I ways. Think, I th- I actually think now, looking back on it, that all that was going on there was that my organs were being squished. Yeah, you know, I used was, to have reflux when I was yeah. heavy, and yeah. and I think you're right because I probably had a lot of visceral fat. I certainly mm. had a very hard belly. I couldn't 
reach my toes to paint my toenails. I had to go get pedicures. And like I'm sitting cross-legged right now in my chair. I couldn't do that. And it was because all the visceral fat was really pushing against your my stomach and mm-hmm. then pushing it up into my esophagus. That make there wasn't room for the yeah. food. Yeah. No, I think I think like a tube of toothpaste, right? Like yeah, squishing absolutely. it, right? <laughs> Both ends probably. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. TMI. I get it. No, yeah. we all do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, when I saw this ad, and in fact, after that, and the they come back and said, no, there's nothing wrong and you haven't got an ulcer and they haven't got any, you know, nasty stomach cancers or anything like that. You just got unexplained reflux and the, and we don't and know why. Little, I mean, we don't know that- why. <laughs> Have you thought about losing some weight? What? No. And then, interestingly, <laughs> what happened then is I thought, oh yeah, well maybe I ought to go back to five two. And I and I did have another play of that five two in that summer of twenty twenty one and did all right with it. I think I probably lost about four or five kilos, so it was about ten pounds or so on that. But again, it was hard work, right. and I didn't really like it. And I had my you know number of cashew nuts measured out and <laughs> this that and the other. And then went on holiday in the summer and the weight all went back on and the refluxy pain was there again. And so I think I was just ripe. I was just, you know, one of these people, they just, they just got me at just the right time. That algorithm found me. I love and, it. That's, that's yeah. great. The, the, just, it came across right when you needed to see it. It did. And so, then finding you was, took a little bit longer because I then found a Facebook group, which was Intermittent Fasting with the Fastic app, which I was a member of. And then people kept on saying, you should read Feast, Fast, Repeat. <laughs> so finally, finally, I read Feast, Fast, Repeat in about the about the October. So actually only about a year ago. I love that. So yeah, so I love that people are out there spreading the word of Fast, yeah, yeah. Feast, Repeat. Mm-hmm. That makes me really happy because yeah. that's really how intermittent fasting changes the world. It's us mm-hmm. telling each other about it, right? Mm-hmm. And so the fast, I'm glad you heard about it in the Fastic app group because you know, there's some things that can help intermittent fasting mm. be more successful. And of course, we know the clean fast makes such a difference. So when you first started using the Fastic app with intermittent fasting, were you fasting clean or no? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. there, was, there was an awful lot of ginger tea happening. And actually, strangely, it was fine. You know, I started with the Fastic app and started on 16A. And again, I was looking back in preparation for this. I think I was on about sort of 17, 7 within less than a month and then averaging, certainly by about October, I was averaging about 18, 6 and mm-hmm. sometimes having longer ones. But no, I was on lots of different types of herbal teas because I right. wasn't a coffee drinker or a, I wasn't a caffeine drinker at all. So I was on chamomile or this that and the other and actually the weight all did fall off it, oh yeah from, I lost from yeah. day one it yep. all went off and there wasn't I wasn't having anything calorific at right. all whether or I not lost there was my a first bit, yeah. 75 pounds I wasn't fast yeah. and clean because yeah. it was before the obesity code came out mm-hmm. it was before anyone was talking about insulin and mm-hmm. keeping your insulin low and so I was drinking stevia in my coffee and I lost all the weight the 75 pounds, but I, I didn't realize I was white knuckling it every day, except in hindsight. 
like once I started fasting clean in 2016, it got so much easier that I realized it had been hard. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I didn't know it was hard till it wasn't hard, <laughs> right? <laughs> I clocked a bit in your book about that there's the, all the kind of gray areas for fasting right. clean. And I think all the different herbal teas that I was drinking were sort of fell into that gray area. Yeah. And I clocked a little bit in there saying, why don't you try for a month without and then go back and see whether if you do have one, whether that kicks in an insulin response, i.e. do you then get really shaky and just give right. me all the food afterwards. So I thought, okay, fair enough, I can do that. Now, interestingly, most of those boxes of herbal tea are still in my cupboard now. They're just sitting all, there, not, yeah. you haven't then, had them. They're just uh, Yeah, getting, I just thought there's no point really. Yeah, they're just this, sitting there getting old. Finally, when we moved, I threw all that stuff away. <laughs> And I thought, well, this is working with the fasting clean, you know, now right. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, yes. yeah, so I treat myself to one. I, I'll often close my window with one. And, yeah. and that only bit of sort of cheating on the app is that I'll probably hit when I've swallowed my last mouthful of food, even if I hadn't swallowed my last f- mouthful of herbal tea, then I'll, I'll hit. Yeah, that I, my window <laughs> is now closed. The, the end of your window like that is when we're digesting our food. Mm. Our body has not made that transition to the fasted state yet because it's still digesting that food. So that's why, like, people are like, can I have, you know, XYZ at bedtime? And I'm less worried about it at bedtime than if you're, you know, 16 hours into the fast, something's going to have a different effect than when you just had your dinner and you're about to go to bed because your body is still, it hasn't made that metabolic switch yet by then. So we'll just look the other way on that. It's just you and your app, right? (laughs) Exactly. But I think it would be really different if you woke up in the morning and started having it. Then it would yeah. have a different effect on your body. And at some point, then maybe I'll I'll experiment just out. Of well, I I sure did. I have experimented yeah. over time. Like I used to put stevia and cinnamon in my coffee, and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. And there was one day it was like I don't know some kind of holiday. Maybe it was Thanksgiving. I was getting ready to open my window. And I was feeling all seasonal. So I was like, I'm going to put a little cinnamon in my black coffee just to see. And I'm like, bam, starving. <laughs> so I'm like, a okay. funny one though, isn't it? I mean, looking at the Zoe app and things like that, they want you to do all these experiments well, with cinnamon. So cinnamon is known to lower your blood sugar. Well, think about that. Well, do we really it. want our blood sugar to be lowered while we're fasting? No. No. Because that's going to make you shaky and have a problem. See, insulin lowers your blood sugar too. And so that's one reason why we don't want to have an insulin response while we're fasting because we don't want to lower our blood sugar. Like when I drink Starbucks Nitro Cold Brew, I have a very clear insulin response to it. Even though it's just black coffee and whatever makes it foamy, the nitro part, my brain perceives it as sweet and creamy. And so I have an insulin response and I get shaky and hungry. And people keep saying, well, it's probably just the caffeine. Look, I drink so much coffee. It is definitely not (laughs) the caffeine. It's something in the way. I've tried it a few times. It always makes me shaky because my body releases insulin. It lowers my blood sugar to a point that I feel shaky. Now, the caveat for people who want to use that test to see if something breaks their fast is I only notice it because my blood sugar is when I'm fasting clean, which is every time, but when I'm fasting and rolling along through my fast, my blood sugar ends up in the 70s holding steady. So if something drops it, I'm going to feel it. Because if you drop from 70s to lower than 70s, you're going to feel that. But if somebody has high blood sugar and they drop it 10 points, 20 points, because they've had an insulin response, you're not going to feel shaky. 
because you haven't dropped it enough to get to the feel shaky phase. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And so, I kind of feel like now I'm well, 14 months in, I've probably got enough experience of knowing how my body feels at different points in the fast that I could maybe have a little yep. experiment. But I also kind of don't want to. I know. Now. Look, it's, it's like, a bad feeling. I don't like when that yeah. happens. But like one night I was at dinner with Will. We were going to have burgers. My window was opening. I was going to eat. And so I ordered club soda with lime at the restaurant and I ordered my Mm -mm. food, ordered club soda with lime. (laughs) I know what's coming. I start drinking the club soda with lime and then I'm suddenly hangry, like, Mm. like bam. And and then I was like, I got to have something to eat right now or I'm going to die. I mean, that's not how I feel during the fast. I never feel that way. I mean, just today before I left school, I've got a really, really lovely colleague who's one of our um, senior deputy heads, but he's also one of my colleagues in the language department. And I popped in to see him just to check in on the, on the German course that we're teaching together for our year nines. I think at some stage my tummy made this great big rumble and I said, oh, I'm really sorry. And he said, oh, I've got a Kit Kat if you want it. <laughs> I was like, do you have Kit Kats over there? We do have Kit Kats. Yeah, it's like okay. the chocolate with the candy. I mean, the, um, yeah. with the, the cookie the sort in the of wafer. Yeah. yeah, the wafer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm still fasted because most people know about this at school right. now. And I, it's, yeah, so I'm about 21 hours in. I think if I break my fast with a Kit Kat now, I think it's going to be really no, bad. I would not feel like, good yeah, if I, I had a Kit Kat. So just for anybody who's listening, if you think, you know, if you want to try something to see if it breaks your fast or not, the problem the is- Kit Kat will. Well, but that's true. That's definitely yeah. will. But with something like ginger tea or lime yeah. or, you know, the nitro cold brew from Starbucks, if it does break your fast and you feel it, then you know. You know for sure. But if you don't feel it, that doesn't mean it didn't cause an insulin response. It just might mean that your blood sugar wasn't low enough that it going lower made you feel it. Mm. So you can only use that test to for sure confirm a yes. You can't use it to confirm a no, if that makes sense. Because it might be doing something in your body that you didn't feel. And I guess then it might be about if it's an on, if you then say, okay, well, it's all right, I can do this. And then that's when you plateau or something like that. Right. And then you just don't know, right? Because you don't know and you you can't feel it. So things happen in our bodies that we can't feel, but that doesn't mean they're not having an effect. Absolutely. So if you feel it, you know it. If you don't feel it, that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. something didn't happen. Anyway, I just say fast clean. Yes, exactly. (laughs) If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Fast clean. See see how it goes. So when you started with Fastic and Mm. 16.8, what weight did you start at when you started? I started there, so... I think you probably know this. I'm a bit of a spreadsheet girl. I like I love my, it. I like my numbers. I know you like you like tracking everything, but you don't like a spreadsheet, do you? No, so, um, I, I like mm, writing it up by mm. my hand. <laughs> so on my spreadsheet, I've calculated everything from 94 kilos, which is about. Uh, I think it was about 207 pounds, something okay. like that. But actually, I think when I started at the fast stick, I was a little bit, I was probably around 90. Okay. So about 200 pounds. Okay. And yeah, the graph is just this diagonal downwards line that will Love make it. 
make everybody very happy for quite a long we, time. Yeah. Just, now, I bet if you zoomed in on it, it would have some zigzaggy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so actually that's it would have been one of the top tips. I know you talk about doing your weekly average. Yes. So that's what I really like about my spreadsheet. And I've shared sort of the template with the formulas mm-hmm. on it for a few people in the community. For people who love the spreadsheet. Yeah, who love the spreadsheet. So I log my weight every day and then mm-hmm. I get it to do my weekly average, but also now my monthly average, which I think love is that. interesting. I think that's true too. That's that's even more data yeah. so you can see what's happening over the long run. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. The daily one is very zigzaggy and looks a little bit like looks the like stock a sort of market. A radio wave or yes right. or a heartbeat or something like that. So, yeah. And then as you can imagine, the weekly one is a smoother line and the monthly one's an even smoother line. Yeah. The more you zoom out yeah. from your trend, yeah, the more yeah. straight down mm-hmm. it looks. But the more you yeah. zoom in, the crazier yes. it looks. Yeah. So that is why. I mean, mm-hmm. look, look, everyone who's listening to this, this is coming out at the end of the year. We're getting ready to have, you know, New diet season, New Year's yeah. resolutions. Exactly. I cannot beg you enough to focus on the trend instead of the daily fluctuations. Mm-hmm. And if you're just going to be starting out, I don't even want you to wait for the first 28 days. Anybody reading Fast Feast Repeat, I'm really not kidding. Like today, mm-hmm. there was someone in our community, Katie, I don't know if you saw it. She was like, I'm so excited. I'm one weekend. I've lost five pounds. I'm weighing once a week. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see, I, I I I would have been that person, but that's because I I, I came much backwards because I was I was a good two months in before I before well, I found the book. Well, and or I, you know, I, I, exa- I get it, but she was she's here in the community, so I'm like, I figure she wants to hear from me. She's in my community, so yeah, you know, I. The first 28 days is the time for your body to adjust. So don't expect weight loss. Sometimes we have compensatory overeating as our body is adjusting. We actually eat more for a while because we're not tapping into our fat stores. And so for the first month, you really should not expect weight loss. Mm -hmm. And if you're weighing and not seeing weight loss, you're going to get discouraged. And then you'll like be tempted to quit before the magic happens Mm -hmm. because your body has to do a lot of stuff before intermittent fasting is going to feel like a a day-to-day thing that's easy for you. And so also she was weighing weekly, which, you know, we were just talking about your trend. When you're weighing weekly, you can catch yourself on the high end of your week because, you know, your your Mm. monthly cycle. And now maybe your weight was three pounds lower yesterday, but today it jumped up three pounds. And now you're like, I just gained three pounds. And I've done that, yeah, when I've played with my data, I've looked at that and I thought, oh, look, you know, I could, if I could have looked at like from this Tuesday to this Tuesday and I look at it at Tuesdays, I'd, I'd have done exactly that. And right. I think in the, in the run up before I started doing the IF properly, I was weighing myself fairly regularly and then thinking, but I'm only going to track it when I'm on an, a lowest all-time low. Right. And sometimes that would be really demoralizing because it would, be, it would be like six weeks. Yeah. And that might just be because down. I just happened to get this all-time low where I'd managed to weigh myself after having done three wheeze in the night and a right. particularly <laughs> big poo in the morning. Or <laughs> I love you, you know British I mean? people. Yeah. You had your wee and your poo and then your yeah, weight was exactly. down. I love but it. It no, was, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I get it. But that's exactly yeah. how it works. So anybody yeah. who's listening, if you take nothing else away from this other than please don't weigh once a week and make determinations about anything based on once a week because you could catch yourself on a high or a low. You need to weigh daily, 
even if it makes you crazy, eventually you'll start realizing it's just data. If you're trying to lose weight, weigh daily, and then have a spreadsheet like Katie or use something like um, Happy Scale, which does it for you. It shows your trend. Get a spreadsheet. Whatever it is, we need to know what your average is doing, what your trend is doing. And you can't see it from the daily weights. You just can't. It gets lost in there. And get on YouTube and find out how to do an average on your Google Sheets or your Excel. There you because, go. Because it's really not very difficult. It's not hard at all. Very, it's, very easily. I like Google Sheets better than Excel. How yeah. about you? I know you're a spreadsheet aficionado. Do you like Excel better? I use both for school. We're a Google school, so we okay. use all the Google stuff at school. But for my PhD work, I use Excel. But then I'm I'm sort of venturing into things like SPSS and oh, yeah, Studio yeah. and things That's like that. That's what I did for terrifying. my when I was yeah. writing my my dissertation. Yeah. I did a yeah. quantitative dissertation, all that qualitative well, stuff. I'm like, what is all that? No, I need the numbers. <laughs> Thank you very yeah, much. I need to analyze numbers. data. Yeah. <laughs> but I used SPSS. Is that mm. what it's called? SPSS? Yeah, yeah. SPSS. That's what I used because I thought I could do it with Excel and I got a book about that. Like no. I couldn't, I couldn't. No. I'm like, I don't, I can't do this Excel. And that's when Excel was like totally dead to me because I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, I'm pretty smart and I can't figure yeah. this out. I do so. bits on Excel and bits on SPSS and now I'm, I'm sort of investigating R, which is terrifying. Oh. So that, that's, it's been a long time since I did story. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Thank goodness I never had to do that again. But <laughs> your weekly average is, is mm. just gone down, down, down. Are you still losing weight? Well, no. Okay. So I got COVID in June. And to start with, I thought, oh, look, my weight's still falling off through the COVID. And, and this is 2022, actually, June of this 2022? This is 2022, yes. Okay. So this was, yeah, as we're talking about four months ago. And actually, my all-time low weight was when I was still testing positive for COVID, and I was about six, seven days in. And I kept fasting through the COVID. Everything kind of started to happen all at once then. So I got the COVID. I was poorly enough that I was off school for four weeks. Wow. So I was just super, super tired. And then I went back to school and it was the very, very end of term. So I was only back at school for four days before we broke up for the summer. And then we went on holiday. So we had our first ever couples holiday. Just the two of us left the kids at home. Oh, that's fun. And there was lots and lots of good food on holiday. And I wasn't going to deny myself that. So when I came back from that holiday, I was probably only about four pounds heavier than I was when I left. 
but that's quite a good weight gain over a week. Really. <laughs> I was like, you've probably heard me impressive. tell the story of how I gained nine pounds over a three-day weekend with my friends. Because, <laughs> of course, you know, it's, it's impossible to gain that much fat in that mm-hmm. short of time, but my body sure could retain that water and plus all Absolutely. the food I had packed yeah. in there. So <laughs> Yeah. But so then we went, we came home and then and then we went on holiday as a family and – when I came back from that holiday, and I was definitely probably better from the COVID by then, but and I came back from oh, and I did Zoe in okay. between times, and so when I had the CGM, the continuous blood glucose monitor jobby on, I was eating more than I was used to eating because I right. wanted to really take advantage of having. Well, for the first week I did, for the second week it was like, no, stop it, it's too much. No, I get it. I'm going to do yeah. Zoe again. I'm so yeah. excited. They they gave me permission to do it again. They don't officially do retests, so everybody who's listening, they don't don't try to do it again. But they're going to let oh, me do that's it again. Disappointing. I was looking I'm forward to doing it again. Oh, no. Maybe they said they're thinking about it for later, but yeah. but they don't really have a mechanism in place for someone to do it again, but they're going to let me do it again because I want to try it with all the new challenges because mm-hmm. I did it in 2019 before they yeah. had all the challenges. They weren't in there. So if anybody's like, what in the world is Zoe? Why do I want to do that? If you go to jenstevens.com slash Zoe, Jen is G-I-N, Stevens is with a P-H, jenstevens.com slash Zoe. You can read all about it. It's personalized nutrition. You learn about your body. What did you learn about your body? I always thought I'm not very good at processing blood sugar. I was used to having blood processing blood sugar, processing sugar, that I was used to having dips and and getting shaky and saying, right, I I need to eat three miles. Like you knew you didn't have good blood glucose control. And because of the lifting and because of the, and that was all a kind of, yeah, let's avoid carbs and let's have lots of protein, yada, yada. I just sort of thought, oh, well, I must be good at blood fat because I've spent quite a long time around these people saying, just eat meat and leaves. <laughs> and, you know, if in doubt, just eat cream because uh, that's good for you. <laughs> so I was really surprised to find that my blood fat clearances scores were really not good. Yeah. My blood um, fat score yeah. clearance scores were bad and my blood sugar clearance yeah, scores yeah. were bad. Yeah, right? me too. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, my blood sugar was a little bit better than my blood fat. Mm. With hindsight, I mean, I got that back and I felt like I'd failed at some test at right? school because, you know, like like you, I'm a, I'm a good girl who likes to achieve highly and right. all things academic and bodily, clearly. Right. So I was like, oh, no. But actually, in hindsight, I think that's probably a really, really valuable thing for me to know, especially mm-hmm. based on my previous diet, which would have been, I'll just have a few slices of parma ham and a blood piece of cheese because that's going to be much better for me than an apple. Right. Because it's not sugary. But knowing that actually my that fat was kicking around in my blood much longer than was probably healthy and thinking that's setting me up for cardiovascular problems right. in the future. And I don't really want that because I am going to live to be 100. That's what my genes say anyway. My grandmother was one of six and and they all made it into their 90s and oh, that's I love two generations that. before so really being able to dial into what foods work best for your body yeah is powerful and you have intermittent fasting you have the food portion totally. so yeah, yeah you and i will yeah. be talking again it'll be like 
you know, <laughs> 2069. Let's have another Absolutely. episode. I'll Can be I come to your 100th birthday? Yeah. Yes, that would be fabulous. I'll but be the spring chicken at 98. Wait, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but I really believe that all these things can make, make a huge difference for us. And knowing that maybe you should have an apple with a small piece of cheese or a handful of nuts. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all about the nuts actually in, yeah. in my life now. So really I think what Zoe wants me to do is eat mainly green things with a bit of fish. All right. How are the beans working for you? The beans, do you like the beans? The beans are all right. The lentils are, um, let's say, keep everybody warm at night. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I'm fine with but, beans. I can eat all the beans, yeah, all the lentils. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. But yeah, they so really, uh, I think what Zoe has told me is that the the best diet for me would be vegan with a bit of fish. Interesting. And that's fine because I like fish and like some people we know. Me, so. I don't like fish. <laughs> <laughs> and that seems to be working. I haven't lost any weight on it. I know some people in the community are like, oh, I've lost all this weight from doing right. Zoe, which I haven't. But I think I've gone into a different headspace with it, which is much more of a, this is for my long-term health. Right, right. And feeding your gut microbiome well. Exactly. And that is so connected with health. Mm. Have you heard the podcast yet? The Zoe podcast? It came out today. I was on it. I haven't heard today. So now okay. I was too well, busy listening to your intermittent fasting story uh, on my way home from school today. Today's Zoe podcast, <laughs> yeah. Tim Tim Spector yeah. of the Zoe studies and Jonathan was the host and he yeah. interviewed me right when the hurricane was hitting. Mm. Hurricane Ian was hitting right here while we were recording yeah. the podcast. Podcast. I don't know if you can hear the hurricane on the show, but it was really, really nice to talk to Tim. And I love talking to a, a scientist like him because he says mm. a lot of things like, well, we don't know, or this is what we think, or this is what the data shows, but they don't talk in absolutes. As absolutely. Much as, I shouldn't yeah. say that. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> anyway, that's but why no, I love yeah. scientists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I do really like the Zoe podcast and, and I've now got pea shoots sprouting on my kitchen windowsill oh. as a based on what Jonathan Wolf said about apparently you have to sprout them in the dark, which I oh. haven't quite got as far as putting them in the cupboard to see what would happen yet. But Well, I haven't sprouted anything yet, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, in terms of this, a very long answer to your question about about weight and stuff like that is, I don't know whether I'm now where I need to be. Okay, are you around about one sixty ish? Yeah, I'm about sort of between about one sixty two and one sixty five. Okay, that's that your kind your of fluctuation window. range. Yeah, and that is slap bang in the middle of of a healthy normal, weight of normal weight for my height. See that that sounds really good. You know, you are mm-hmm. at. A healthy weight for your height, and and you're staying there, and that's really what what maintenance and, is all and about. And I'm I'm down two dress sizes, mm-hmm. so that's nice. I'm I'm not quite as low as I was when I had done the old hypnotherapy, so I, I'm still quite a lot more than my high school weight. But uh, you know, I think scrawny was the word used. Earlier, well, that is it? really 126 is really low yeah, it's for, low for six when foot, you're yeah. when you're six yeah. feet tall because yeah. Yeah. you know we know that the formula is not perfect, but mm. the whole formula of you know 100 pounds for five feet yeah. and then five. Wait, what is it? It's five pounds per inch after that. Mm-hmm. So one sixty yeah, and from that, would be, from that formula, that gives you one sixty. About right. Yeah. yeah, that formula gives you one sixty. So seventy kilos is one hundred and fifty pounds, and because I like nice, clean, round numbers, 
And I do like odd numbers more than even numbers. I kind of quite like the idea of being at 70 kilos and 150 pounds. Well, I like that. But I'm not sure I'm even going to see something that begins with a 1.5. But I mean, who knows? I kind of hold on to your story of, of, of I kept dropping very, very slowly. Yeah. And actually, one thing that's really interesting with the old spreadsheet, and this says to me, and uh, we'll have to have another chat in a year or two to see whether whether I was right or not. What's happened is, you know, you said that there's the three lines. I've got my monthly and my weekly and my daily right. score. And more and more often on the graph, those three lines are actually in exactly the same place. Wow. And that's, that's cool. That says to me that maybe I'm, Maintenance. I'm where I need to be, where my body yeah. needs to be. And if my even if my head doesn't want to be there, if my body wants to be there, then who am I to complain? Well, you know what I say, yeah. body is boss, right? You know, I say that <laughs> in the community every now and then. Yeah. I'll hashtag that because it really is true. We can't fight our body into doing something and keeping it there long term. Like mm-hmm. if I decided I wanted to weigh, the smallest I ever was in my adult life that I remember was 118. Doing the low mm-hmm. fat diets in the early 90s, I got down to 118. I looked awful. It was too small for me. I could force my body to get to 118 today, but I would have a really hard time staying there. Do you know what? I don't think I could even force my body because I think that one of the reasons that all the weight went on and one of the reasons that IF has worked very well is because I've just got no discipline at all. Well, I could do it. I could do it. If I decided I needed to be 118, buddy, I could do it. I know know all the ways to force your body to lose weight. And I know one way to keep my body at maintenance. Yeah. That's intermittent fasting. All the other ways I could get there, but I couldn't stay there. So well, I could, I know I couldn't even get there for a day because I'd yeah. be like, no, 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 I'm hungry. And I'm I could get there, no. but yeah it, yeah, it wasn't fun to get there. So I will never stop doing intermittent fasting and do anything crashy like that again, just because I know I can't maintain that. And so for anybody who's like, well, I just want to lose 10 more pounds, then I'll be happy. If you have to force it hard to get to that 10 pounds down, you're going to have a hard time keeping it there. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. I want to live a lifestyle that I don't have to force. I want to live a lifestyle where I can have chocolate. Oh Thank yeah, you very much. Ditto. I'm (laughs) right there with my chocolate. (laughs) So is there anything that you struggle with? I'm cold. Yeah, especially in England, I bet. <laughs> yeah, she's not too bad today, but okay. yeah, and I, yeah, I noticed since the yeah since the weather started to come, I'm cold, and I do notice towards the end of the by about 19 hours, I'm proper cold. Yeah, your body is directing blood flow yeah. away from your extremities to your fat stores. And I'm yeah. trying, I'm trying to visualize that and see this. This cold is a good thing, right? As I know, but I'm just cold. I get so, it. But, yeah, <laughs> and I think sometimes I still struggle with the off switch. And so I got in from school today, and I hadn't eaten. I think I just hit 22 hours. And I had my my leftover edamame pasta and a few bits of chicken and the that and the other. It was really nice. And then I had some kefir with some fruit. Yeah. And I was like, I want some more food. And I found a chocolate bar in the back of the cupboard and I ate that. And I was like, mm, this is really nice. This is probably <laughs> what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the chocolate. And it was everything that I could do not to then say, well, there is another one of those in there that I could have. But actually, I found some nice muesli, honey covered muesli. And so I, I managed to get that kind of sweet and carby hit from that. Which and then just amazing. closed it down. 
And close it down with a cup of ginger tea. There you go. I think that sounds perfect. Yeah. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Because at the time of the year this is coming out, I bet that'll be a lot of our audience. It'll be a lot of them. It will. And or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So I did make some notes. I'd say take photos with clothes on. Please do, yes. <laughs> well, certainly, you know, on the, the first the first Facebook group that I was on, they said, no, take photos in your underwear. So I took photos in my underwear and I've now had to store them quite carefully on my computer because right. <laughs> I don't mind looking at them every now and then to, to say, oh, look, this is, this is how much I've, I've lost. I think I might have even shared them on the community at one and stage. That is okay, I think I but, blocked out my my face because I just thought, in, I don't know put, where these are going to go. Take pictures in your bathing suit or a yeah. sports bra and like mm. biker shorts or something. Yes. Something because you're going to want to show them to people. Well, exactly. And that's what I thought. And, and the other thing I thought with regard to photos is even if you've got some photos of you where you aren't massively happy with how you look, because you think you look larger than you want to, hold on to them right? and don't delete them because I quite like some of those photos now because right. I can look at them and it shows their progress. It shows my progress very naturally. And every now and then I have a little look at them and go, ooh, and say, can I can I mock up this exact same? Yeah. I've got one T-shirt and can I, can I mock it up again? And so, yes, that's so, a tip. Wear the same yeah. outfit. Each Wear time. the same outfit, but also, so not necessarily take the photos, but find some old photos or don't just delete the photos of you not looking how you want to do because you will look at them and they will be really interesting reference That's points. Right. Uh, yeah. I really like using the app. I think it did two things for me. I think in the early days, I would wake up in the morning and, and my app would tell me where I was up to with, uh, it's probably not massively accurate, with yeah, what was going on in my digestion. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be saying, you're now in fat burning, you're, you're now in ketosis. Good, right? Yeah. Or you're now in autophagy. And I'd be like, okay, well, okay, well, if I've only got another hour between, before I hit autophagy from ketosis, why would I, why would I And by the now? way, that I doesn't start on. at 24 hours for anybody who's listening. Autophagy does not begin at 24 hours. Oh, no, it no. Does my ramp up. It was at 16. Oh, good. Oh, wow. Okay. Autophagy does <laughs> ramp up throughout the fast, yeah. but there's- yeah. Some people are like, oh, it starts at – no, autophagy doesn't yeah, it's like start. Ping. It's more like a yeah. dimmer switch. It's not like yeah. one-off. It's more like it. you're you're turning the light on brighter. But certainly for getting started, that was, that was really motivating for keeping me going. And the other thing that I think with, with the app was that when I click on start fasting and my clock would start running – that was really easy. I said, oh, zero discipline. But once I clicked, I'm fasting. No, I wasn't yep. going to have another chocolate bar then. I really wasn't. That, I was the very same way and yeah. app really helped me. Well, mm. Katie, thank you so much. It was delightful talking to you today. And thank you for sharing your story. It's been great fun. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.
Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.